Well, hello, everybody. I am so happy to have you with me here today on the Jesus in Mind podcast. Welcome aboard. We are now on episode three. That is absolutely crazy to me that we are that far along already, all the way into episode three. Um, It's been so much fun. It's been a blast just starting this and getting it going. Um, I'm not a pro at this by any means. I have no biblical professional biblical training. Um, I don't, I have not gone to theology school. This is just a gal, you know, studying the Bible in her room, talking to Jesus and, you know, doing the best she can and telling you guys what um, she learned um, this week about it. And you know what? I have a really fun lineup for you guys today, but first of all, I'm going to do my disclaimers like I always do. Hi, welcome everybody. We're happy to have you. But um, like I said, I am not theologically trained. I have no formal background. Um, I am doing an NIV. I will try and always tell you guys what version I'm doing. And so today I'm doing an NIV version. This is my go-to Bible. This is, this is something that you probably have seen on, um, the Jesus in Mind Instagram page. It is, it is all colored up. I try to show you guys the blank pages just to make it more aesthetically pleasing. But for the most part, you're going to see as we go along, I'm going to run out of blank pages to show you guys because my, my Bible looks like a coloring book. I love to highlight. I love to write my Bible. And you know what? Some people don't like that. Some people do. For me, it just helps me keep track of what Jesus taught me in that verse or that chapter and just, you know, have it right there so that someday when I go back and maybe read that same chapter weeks, days, months, years later, um, I can see what I was thinking at the time and maybe add additional notes of maybe where I'm at now. So I love my Bible, but I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. I'm getting off track already. So today, um, we are learning about friendship. That is something that I have been learning a lot about this past year and in 2023 and now even into 2024, um, I would say this is one of the longest running lessons that I have had to learn or that I have learned with God's help, just all the beautiful intricacies that I don't know that I realized go into friendship, what makes a friend, what makes a good friend, what makes you a good friend, and what God views friendship as. Um, as I did maybe when I was a kid, I know we all kind of grew up just with the idea that, you know, you you go to the playground, you make some friends, um, and there you go. You're going to lose some friends, you're going to make new friends. And sometimes it's hard to make friends, on, friends and sometimes it's easy to make friends. Um, it really just depends. So you know what, that's still true, that still stands, Um, but there's more to it than that when it comes to biblical friendships, and I think we learn that as we, as we grow older, and friendships deepen, and friendships disappear, and as we go through different stages of life and friendships, and so I kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper with you guys today, things like what is friendship, Um, what does the Bible say about good friends, and what does the Bible say about bad friendships, and then what do you do when you have a bad friendship? How, how are you supposed to handle that bad friendship in a godly way? And so we're going to go ahead and dive a little bit into that. And like I said, I want to start with what, what is friendship? Why, why do we even need friendship? I think today's culture really pushes on the introvert state of mind of you don't, you don't need anyone. You can be good all by yourself. You know what? And 
and I'm just amazing. I'm amazing by myself and I, I don't need anybody. And you know what? There is a part of that that is true. I know I'm making some people really mad here. There is a part of that that is true. You don't need anybody to be absolutely amazing by yourself. Um, the only, only thing that you need is Jesus. That's it. That's really, really, truly it. That's all we need is Jesus. And he created you masterfully. You are a beautiful creation. You are a work of art from the inside out. Um, a work of art with some flaws, <laughs> as all of us are. But all in all, you are beautifully created by the master. And he loves you so, so, so much, obviously, because he sent his son to die for you. Um, and I think that God is an amazing creator. We see that in the way he made the stars and the way he made the snowflakes and the way he made the clouds and the sunshine in the sky um, down to how every flower ever is uniquely different. There has never been two people with the same thumbprint. It's just so beautiful how the Lord created each and every one is so beautiful and so unique and so different. But there's also another aspect to that because it's not good for us to be alone. Um, in Genesis it says it is not good for man to be alone. And that's why, and that's why God gave um, Adam Eve. But it's more to it than, you know, the romantic, the romantic connection because it goes into friendship. I mean, we see all through the New Testament um, examples of how the disciples were talking about how it is necessary for there to be that, you know, that commune, that, that group of people, even within the church, um, to have around you and by your side. Um, I think there's so many reasons why that we're supposed to have that community around us. And it includes things like being able to check us when we are going off the path maybe a little bit maybe you're sliding into lying a little bit and maybe one of your friends comes up to you and goes hey i love you and that's why i'm saying this to you and in a totally non-judgmental way just be like i've noticed the line going up a little bit and is, is this something going on is there something i can pray for you is, is, is something wrong and as long as they're doing it in a non-judgmental non you know hypocritical pharisaical way i think that's a beautiful thing and and it's also to build and encourage one each other each other up and just, you know, encourage us more into just our, um, our, our thoughts and processes um, as Christians and how we can share the love of Jesus and just building each other up. And I think that's really shown in First Thessalonians um, chapter 15, or I'm sorry, 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, and I actually had an awesome, beautiful sister in Christ point these, these verses out to me. And it's verses um, 4 through 28. And I encourage all of you guys to read those verses. I'm not going to read all of those to you out today. But I firmly encourage all of you guys to go read those, those verses. And like always, I'm going to put all of these verses and chapters in um, the show notes so that you guys can do your own study on them as well. But I will read out to you um, chapter 5, verse 11. And it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. There you go. As simple as that. We are, we are to build each other up and encourage each other. Um, so I, I don't know about you guys, but there's been days that I've just been absolutely worn out and down. It feels like nothing's going right. It feels like I am all alone. And the world is falling apart. 
and I've even described it as a black hole with no exit and you know maybe you guys have felt the same maybe it's depression maybe it's sadness maybe maybe something as simple as a bad day is work and you call up a friend or somebody at church and you go hey how are you doing and they go I'm okay how are you and you're like not so good and they give you some encouraging words and it just it builds you up it gives you enough strength to keep going and get through to the next to the next fight to the next battle to the next day and i think that is amazing and i think that's why it's so important to have that community of christians and fellowship around you i will also put this out here and i will have this in the show notes as well there was a there was a couple um, weeks past where i had put out a reel um talking about something similar about how um i believe it's in proverbs and it says i'm weary god but i can prevail and i had put in there also a ton of hotlines um it's in um jesus and mine instagram's highlights our story highlights um and i think it's under your loved and it has all the different hotlines and that reel um for depression or alcoholism anything that you might be going through so if if you are struggling with any of those things i highly encourage you to go check that out um you could also dm me and i will be praying for you guys um you can post um on your story a list of prayer requests and just tag the jesus in mind um instagram page and i will repost it and all of um, the followers on the jesus in mind i'm gonna highly encourage you guys just to be praying for your fellow believers um because that's what we're here for, is to build each other up and help each other, because none of us are alone, not truly. Um, but, like I said, um, that is why I believe friendship and just um, is so, so important in the Christian walk, because it is so important to have those people around you. But moving on, we do need friendship, but what, what does the Bible say about good friends? What, what makes a good friend? What makes a godly friend? Because, as we all know... <laughs> Good friends are hard to find. Um, godly friends are even harder to find. And so I'm going to go ahead and just read a couple things off to you of what the Bible says makes good friendship. Um, and we're going to go ahead and jump over to Romans chapter 12, verse 10. And it says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So this is when we're looking for a godly, strong friend um, that is going to build us up and draw us closer to Christ, that is the first thing, is that they should be pulling you closer to Christ and not farther from Christ in every way, shape, and form, even if it hurts a little bit. And again, not in a judgmental or hypocritical um, or condescending way, but in a godly, loving way, they should be pulling you closer to Christ um, in everything that they do. And, and I think that is probably the number one marker of how to tell if they are a godly friend. So again, that's Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Um, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I think that's another amazing thing to tell when you're looking to be a good friend yourself. Um, it says to honor one another above yourselves. So that means always putting them first and that should be just what we should be doing as christians is putting other people above our own wants desires and needs um seeing what we can do to help other people um do unto others as you would have them do unto you is another verse that comes on to mind because when when we do that 
you will find that as you are filling other people's cups, people will be filling your cups or God will be filling your cup. It might not come right away. It might be hard. It might be a struggle. But if you're filling other people's cups, then eventually they are going to start filling your cup or other people will be filling your cup or God will be filling your cup. Because this is, when God says to do something a certain way, there's usually a purpose for it. And I believe there was a book I had been reading years and years ago called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it was a great book. It was an awesome book. Um, it's actually, I think, in my bookshelf above my head right now. I wish I could grab it, but we're going to mess up the mic if we do that. Um, and I think in that book, I had written down something to the accord of you have to love yourself to love others. But in today's world, that can mean a lot of things. And so it kind of goes, you have to love God to love yourself. Because loving God means loving his creation. And only when you love God can you love others correctly. So if you can love God with everything you have, then you will learn to love other people in the same way. And I think this shows in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13. And I'm going to flip to that real quick. And this is a long, long chapter, but I honestly did not realize the importance until this year of reading this chapter. I would suggest at least once a week. Um, but I will, I will read this to you guys. It is um, chapter 13, the last part of verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. And then I'm going to jump down to um, verse 4 through... Um, six and it says love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrong love does not delight evil but rejoices with the truth it always protects always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres and I think when we're looking for a godly friend or trying to be a godly friend ourselves, um, these are these are kind of markers that we can show about friendship. And again, nobody's perfect, guys. Nobody is perfect. But the, these kind of are tells of if they are doing their best to implement these things, then they are probably striving with all they've got to be a godly influence and a godly friend. And those are the kind of people that we want to be around as Christians. And I'm going to go ahead and jump to John chapter 15, verses 12 to 13. It says, My commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no, has no, one, has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And again, we see it here. So these are, these are all major commandments that God is saying that we have to be willing to put our friendship first. We have to believe that their wants and needs are more important than ours. I mean, we're not there to serve their every whim, but when they are hurting and we are also hurting, check on your friends, make sure they're okay, love them in the way Christ loves them. Like he says to put them before ourselves. And this, this is so, so awesome to just read and believe. And I, I think it's amazing to read that and just see that a big marker is just love. Love is going to going to tell you if that's a godly friendship and it also tells you how to be a godly friend yourself. But 
it's not always that easy to tell if it's a godly friendship. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the things that help you to understand if it is not a godly friendship or even a godly relationship. We'll change that word maybe. Godly relationship. Because this can apply to all areas of life. And there are so many verses in the Bible that talk about different ways you can tell if somebody is not living a godly lifestyle or maybe is not a godly influence. We see this a lot, a lot in Proverbs. When I was doing the research for this podcast and going through different Bible verses and things that I thought would really apply to this this whole um, talk and this whole podcast, I had to pick and choose um, through Proverbs and Psalms because there were so many. There's so, so many. And I think that's amazing. But I had to kind of pick the ones that I thought would probably be the best for this podcast because I do have a limited amount of time. Um, but I highly encourage you guys to go do your own research as well. But I'm actually going to jump into Proverbs 22, 24, or chapter 22, verses 24 through 25. And this, this is one of the big ones I noticed about how to tell maybe if this relationship or friendship is not, maybe not the correct or godly one. And it says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Mm. I think this one is so important. And the reason I think this verse is probably one of the most important that I'm reading out with you guys today is because... I think it kind of describes the whole reason we have to be so careful with our friendships and our relationships as Christians. We are called to love everybody. We are called to be kind to everybody. We are called to show Jesus to everybody. But who you call as your community or your group that you are relying on or who you trust for counsel and wisdom You have to be so careful with. There's there's so many verses in the Bible that talk about how who you hang around with is who you will become. If we are hanging around somebody that just lies all the time, then they are pulling us into sin because whether we like it or not, we're going to start imitating that behavior. If we hang around somebody who has a hot temper, whether we like it or not, it's going to become habit. You're going to start lashing out. If we hang around somebody who is just, I don't know, deceitful. Lying and deceitful to me kind of mean two different things. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not the highest educated person in the world, but there's lying and then deceit to me can be things like creating a false reality. Um, maybe it's they're arrogant. Maybe they talk behind your back. All of these are different sins that if you hang around with them, you're going to slowly pick up those habits. And that's leading you into sin. And then you're living in a life of sin. You have to be careful the kind of friends you hang around. They really can make or break a lot of things. And so I'm going to flip to Proverbs 16, 28. Like I said, there's a ton of good verses. 
And it says, a person, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. We see it again, the people you're hanging around with. And if you're truly, truly full of Jesus and you are just in your Bible and you are doing your best to live a godly lifestyle, yes, you're going to be influenced. But also light cannot be in darkness. Light drives out darkness. So if you are living a life that is pleasing to Christ and you have these type of friends, that's why it's a big thing that you'll notice like people who um, maybe made a ton of friends in high school or college and then they met God and renew the relationship with Christ or maybe first formed a relationship with Christ, they lose those old friends. They lose those relationships. Maybe they were best friends. Maybe they were at your wedding. Maybe they, maybe they were, you know, childhood best friends. Maybe they were whatever it was. You lose those friendships because as you become closer and closer and closer to Christ and they are not, you've changed. They haven't changed. You have changed. You're not going to find the same things in common. It says here, a gossip separates close friends. Let's say maybe you were hanging around a bunch of buddies and they loved, loved to make fun of, you know, a certain set of people. Or maybe they loved to, you know, bully people out in public or make little comments or whatever it was. As you become a Christian, you're going to be like, uh, dude, no, don't do that. It's not cool. It's not funny. And they're not going to understand it because they haven't changed. You have. It also says in the beginning of the verse, a perverse person stirs up conflict. If you're going to be hanging around somebody who maybe was old friends, as you become a Christian, you'll, if, you're, if you're searching for Christ and you're living on fire for Christ, you are going to be so full of light that you're going to be applying those principles of 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. You're not going to be probably agreeing or starting conflicts or doing the same things you were before. So if they start bad-mouthing or getting angry or doing these things, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to fit in. Or maybe you have a friend and you're both Christians. But he starts picking fights with you. He starts doing things he shouldn't. Maybe that just tells you you're not good friends right now. Maybe you're on two different paths. Whatever it is, you're going to know. The Bible tells you you shall know. It says, gracious words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. That is Proverbs 16, verse 24. In Proverbs 16, verse 27, it says, a scoundrel plots evil, and on their lips it is like a scorching fire. You don't have to look very far, guys. Flip open your Bible. Go through Proverbs. It'll tell you. The Bible has an answer for everything you've ever wanted to know. We're going to flip open to Job chapter 6 verse 14 and it says, Anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. 
anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. That is powerful. I don't want to forsake the fear of the Almighty. That is why it is so important that when we have friends, good godly friends, we are applying 1 Corinthians 13. It is why it's so important that the kind of people we surround ourselves with are the correct kind of people. Because people are watching those friendships and those relationships too. They're watching how you guys interact. They're watching the way you talk to people. They're watching how you talk to each other. They're watching the way you guys react to the world and the world situations. They're watching the way you live your life. There's so many beautiful examples of godly friendship in the Bible. One of my favorites that I've been going through recently is 1 Samuel. And if you guys know 1 Samuel at all, it talks about David and Jonathan's relationship and friendship. And it's just so beautiful. They were such good friends. They were friends since the teenage years. And in fact, it says in chapter 20, verse 42, Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left and Jonathan went back to the town. If you don't know the context of this, this is when um, they were just finding out Saul was threatening David's life and David set up a trap. Um, basically, um, it's the whole story of the bow and the arrow. And if the arrow um, went a certain distance, then they knew David was safe. And if it went a different distance, they knew David was in danger. And Jonathan, during this chapter, is just going, no, no, my father doesn't want to kill you. Like, that's it, it, not true. It's not true. And David's just like, um, I, I believe it is. I believe it is. And Jonathan went against his father. And for the risk of this friendship, whom he knew God had blessed, he went against his father and did this for David. That is a good friend. That is a godly friend. There's an old saying in my family that we've always used. And this saying is, can you call him at 2 a.m. in the morning when you have a flat tire on the side of the road and no questions asked? You know they will be there as fast as they can and be like, I got you. I got you. Can they be the friend that you know you can call when you are at your darkest moment crying? And they're like, let's pray about it. Let's go on our hands and knees before God about this. That is a good friend. But when those friendships don't work out, when those friendships are not godly anymore, when those are people that are not godly people to be around, maybe you're not even friends yet. A wise woman told me, be at peace as far as it depends on you. You can't control what they do, but you can still show Jesus. 
Don't surround yourself with people that are going to lead you into sin. But we are called to love the sinners. We are called to love the Christians. We are called to love everyone. So again, I will highly encourage you guys to read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this week. Um, I think everyone should read it at least once a week. But that is all that I have for you guys today here on the Jesus in Mind podcast. Um, I had fun with this one. It was been a blast. Um, so until next week, God bless. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>